my name is Julie Turney, and this is the HR Sound Off Podcast Show, the show created for HR and business professionals to discuss pertinent topics and trends as it relates to our professions. We're going to have amazing conversations with HR professionals from all over the world, get to learn their origin stories. How did they get into this profession? What do they love about being here? And how they want to set the record straight on that one misconception that really drives them crazy about our profession. Are you ready? I'm ready. Then let's sound off. Hi, everyone, and welcome to today's edition of the HR Sound Off podcast show. My name is Julie Turney, and I am your host. How are you doing today? I hope that you are doing well. Remember, HR Sound Off is created by an HR professional for HR professionals. We magnify HR voices and share all the great things that are happening in the industry so that you can stay up to date and keep on the pulse of HR. Today, joining me in the, in the studio is Tracy Avon from Troop HR. Tracy, how are you doing today? I am great and absolutely thrilled to be here. Thank you for inviting me. You're welcome. It's a pleasure to have you for sure. So we're magnifying your voice and we're magnifying Troop HR today. So why don't you get us going by telling us a little bit about who is Tracy? Absolutely. Thank you. Um, so... I am currently the founder of Troop HR. We are a professional community, an educational platform for HR leaders. And although we were born out of COVID, I had been running a grassroots HR network since back in 2012, all with the idea of really creating a platform for people leaders to connect with one another, support each other, and elevate each other in their roles as leaders. And so um, my background actually spans across enterprise organizations to startups, having started my career in business development and transitioning into HR Mm -hmm. through HR tech and benefits. Um, And Jen, just really recognizing this need for tools and resources for modern day HR professionals. I mean, we've seen all the changes that have happened in the past, I was going to say two years, but I'll say six months and there's no signs of it letting up. And so um, that is really what Troop HR is about, providing a place for people to find that the answers and support that they need from one another. Wonderful. Thank you so much for sharing that. I really do appreciate the hard work that you've put into creating and curating Troop HR. Um, It's one of the many things that I'm very passionate about as I talk about the importance of community, because for a lot of us as HR professionals, it's very easy to feel very alone. This is a very lonely profession. So when you find communities, you know, it's really important to try to get in, embrace that community. But I've also learned on my journey to finding community community, that every HR community is not the same. Every HR community is not genuine um, and really doesn't care about the people that they've made up in this community. So I really want to thank you for being one of those outstanding people who has created a community for HR professionals as an HR professional understanding the importance of creating community. So thank you. 
You're welcome. I want to just go back a little bit into your origin story. Like you talked about being in business development and then transitioning to HR. So how was that for you? How did you make that switch? Yeah, absolutely. So as I mentioned, I first I spent the first 10 years of my career in enterprise healthcare. I worked for pharma, I worked for P&G, and then like so many others, I got the startup bug and I transitioned to a 10-person health tech startup. And again, this was back in 2012, <laughs> and we were in the on-demand healthcare space, except in 2012, most people didn't even know what that meant. And so our clients were other tech startups because they were early adopters. And the point person within those organizations was the people lead. And I just started becoming friends with a lot of them and quickly recognized that there seemed to be a lot of the same challenges that these HR leaders were facing, but they weren't connected with one another. They weren't sharing the resources. Yeah. And I'll, I'll, I'll be frank, in both my personal and my professional life, I love to be a connector. I love to be a resource. Yeah. And so I pounced on the opportunity mm-hmm. amongst HR leaders yeah. and um, actually said to a friend of mine who was the head of people at Birchbox at the time, wouldn't it be great if we could all just kind of get together and share ideas and resources and so hosted a small informal dinner mm-hmm. and it was fantastic. It was people just loved being able to get insights into how other HR leaders were handling things and mm-hmm. what they were offering for benefits. And from that point forward, I started hosting quarterly dinners and breakfasts. Again, very informal. Mm-hmm. Um, but we talked about everything from employment law topics to L and D to manager training, you know, all of that, the hot buttons for HR leaders. Um, But I think, again, going back to what you were saying, the most important part was we were building a community and having a community, you know, I can't tell you how many people I talk to on a daily basis, HR leaders who tell me they feel like they're on an island of one. It doesn't have to be that way. And so, especially in this world, we live in with the way that we're so connected through digital. Mm -hmm. Um, So anyway, so as that started to grow, I started to take a deeper passion into HR and wound up transitioning into uh, a benefits consultancy where my role was literally to evaluate and identify HR tech for clients, which just continued to add value to the community I was building because I was becoming the experts on expert on all things HR tech. And so that's how it sort of evolved. And then bringing us back to COVID now, when COVID happens, a lot of my friends and colleagues were reaching out with the challenges that they were faced with. And what was really interesting to me, it wasn't so much about COVID as it was this newfound strategic importance that they had within their organizations. And let's face it, no one had answered. We were in uncharted territory. And so that was the point where I said, there's a greater need and I want to do something. And so wound up then at that point, interviewing over 50 HR leaders from diverse organizations, startups, enterprise. And one thing was consistent across every conversation. And that was that HR leaders are so busy taking care of their company and employees, they forget to take care of themselves. And that's both from a self-help perspective, but also professional development. I mean, it's in the role, but we forget we're part of the employees. We need to be considered in that. And so 
that was the impetus for me saying, okay, let's do this. And what would become Truth HR? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Such an amazing story, Tracy. Thank you. I'm always yeah. fascinated when I hear you talk about how you got things going and just how you develop your career career but I also think that it's a huge encouragement to a lot of people who are thinking about shifting gears and moving into the HR space and what advice would you give to anyone who is thinking about making that career switch into HR but they might be struggling with how to navigate it yeah absolutely and I talked to lots of folks in that situation um, recently. And, and what's interesting to me is people will say, I didn't realize I was doing so many HR things for so long, even yeah. though I wasn't in HR. Yes. And so number one, first and foremost, take chances. Even if you fail, you will learn and undoubtedly you will fail. But, you know, fail has such a negative connotation. Mm -hmm. Failing is just an opportunity to grow. And although they're the most difficult times when we go through them, when you look back, they're also the times we learn the most. Um, Second, I would explore every avenue and learn all the functions of HR. You know, you don't have to take deep dives into all of them, but especially in this day and age, HR extends way beyond compliance yes. and employee law, uh, employment law. And, you know, get to know L&D, DEI, get to understand the roles of HR BPs, um, get to understand the talent function because the more well-versed you are, the more cohesive the HR function will be within your organization. Yeah. So those are, those are my two primary words of wisdom there. Yeah, I couldn't agree with you more. I always say to people, when you think about a doctor, before a doctor either decides that they're going to be a general practitioner or they're going to specialize in whatever area of the human body, they learn all, they have to learn everything, right? So they start out as a, as a general practitioner, or at least learning all the things a general practitioner should know. And then they decide if they want to specialize in dealing with the heart or the brain, or they want to deal with curing diseases, whatever it is, they they take their time, but they learn everything about the human body before they decide, okay, I want to specialize in this particular area. And, And I think HR is very similar. You know, there are so many features to the HR function as you've mentioned, um, and barely scratching the surface, we haven't even talked about like understanding data and how do you create (laughs) actionable strategies using the data that you have at hand. And that's a big one because it really bothers me sometimes when I hear people say, well, they got into HR because they don't like numbers. There is no more, there is no profession more numbers based than (laughs) HR. Yeah. None that I know of. We're more numbers based on even some like a finance function because we have to be able to take what is happening in people's life cycle in the organization and interpret that to our stakeholders in such a way that says, well, we either need XYZ product or service, or we need to do away with XYZ product or service, or we need to coach this manager. You know, we're looking at real-time live data in order to be able to make those decisions and to make those recommendations. So for me, I think it's really important, as you said, to really dig deep and get a better understanding of HR, but then feel free to specialize, but also 
recognize the importance of understanding each and every aspect. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, yeah. And, and just to the point that you were saying, you know, and once you're entrenched in HR, don't be afraid to get to know the other functions of the business as well, because Correct. the more, you know, I always say the one function within an organization that operates across all functions is HR, no matter what your role. Correct. And so the more knowledge you have about the other roles within your organization, again, going back to what I said earlier, the more cohesive you'll be able to operate and function in, in, in the capacity that you are an HR leader. Definitely. HR people are never at their desk, or at least they should never be <laughs> at their desk. They should always be either learning about our people or under getting a better understanding of our business. And then once we feel like we've grasped that, then we can create the best experiences for everybody. So thank Absolutely. you for sharing that. I totally agree yeah. with you. So let me ask you, in terms of Troop HR, is Troop HR a US-based membership only, or is it global? So we are global. I will say probably about 97% of our members are in the US, though right. completely distributed across the country. Mm -hmm. However, we have members in Canada and across Europe. So we do have a global presence. Beautiful. And that means that everyone gets an opportunity to learn different Absolutely. aspects of HR because what may apply in certain parts of the U.S. doesn't apply in Canada. What applies in Canada may not apply in Europe. So, and I'm slowly beginning to like really appreciate also that different countries have different feelings and perspectives about HR. Yeah. Some countries have great respect for HR and they really see them as a strategic partner and I know a lot of European companies see their HR their HR teams that way um, but then when you think about like the US Caribbean North America kind of thing you realize that most companies don't have the same feeling about their HR teams and the purpose of what and what they serve you know so it really is in have you found that as well yeah, no, absolutely. Um, there's, you know, historically, there's been this stigma on HR that HR is there to, for for lack of better description, description, rule with an iron fist and enforce the rules. And what I've really found, and I don't know, well, I do know it's part of an evolution, but also part of the the respect that HR has grown into from the organization is it's not about the compliance, it's about the people. And that's exactly what you said. This is the, op the function within your organization that is really leading the most important part of your organization, the yeah. people. Yeah. And even if you are a tech company, who is building that tech? People. Yeah. So people are the heart and soul. And so, um, you know, taking another step back into like the way that international and European and, and um, I, I was remiss because we do have members in the Caribbean as well. Um, but they, one of the things that I think is so interesting is that, you know, in the U S we're so busy about under understanding global HR, but the HR leaders I've spoken in Europe is like the same way you want to know global HR. We want to know us HR. Yeah. And so it's a really nice exchange mm -hmm. amongst our members being able to share that 
that their experiences and yes. their knowledge, um, which again, going back to what you said earlier, you know, not all communities are created equally. And one of the things that we make a really conscious effort of doing is being super inclusive in our community. We wanna be there for HR leaders during every stage of their career journey. And yeah. so a lot of the communities out there will only focus on the super senior HR leaders, mm -hmm. but we wanna provide an opportunity for the emerging leaders also. And we also expand beyond just that general HR VP chief people officer into the leaders in talent, into the leaders in DEI. So it really makes for a diverse, a diverse community that has different expertise that can be shared. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, that goes with the international piece. So I think that's, you know, we, we all learn from each other. And if mm -hmm. you're all the same, you're not going to have that much to learn. Exactly. It's where the differences are that, again, you know, you find those those learning moments. Yeah. And so we've really created this platform to to congregate together in that way. I love it. Thank you so much for sharing that. So tell us, how do we join Troop HR? If someone wants to join today, how do they do that? Super simple. Visit TroopHR.com and there is membership information. It is an application process, but I will tell you, it's a super simple application process. We do that because we want to maintain the integrity of the community and the professionals that are part of it. Um, and, and just again, to be quite frank, we don't want vendors in the community. Um, there's a place for them to interact with us, but this is a safe place for our HR leaders. And we feel very fortunate that it's a very lively community, a place for you to foster relationships with one another. Mm -hmm. And going back to something you said earlier, when I set out to create Troop, the number one priority for me, which remains the number one priority to today, is the member experience. Yeah. And, you know, as I talk about the community, I always say what we're building together. This is not what I'm building. This yeah. is truly what we're building. If it was what I'm building, it would be through my glasses. Yeah. I want it to be through the communities. The, the things that we talk about, the programming that we offer, it's the type of, of content that you can use in your day-to-day. -day. It's not theoretical, it's yeah. actionable. Yeah. Um, and so anyway, I know I digressed a little there, but truebhr.com, lots mm -hmm. of really great information in there about what the community is, what our programming looks like, mm -hmm. and how you can apply and get started. Beautiful. Thank you so much for sharing that, Tracy. Most people underestimate the power of process. They stick it in the back seat and forget about it until it's too late, but they shouldn't. Processes run the world, literally all of it. Stopped supermarkets, on-time trains, and safely landing planes are all made possible by systems of intricate interlinked processes. They are the secret sauce of every great company and HR teams are responsible for some of the most important processes of all. Onboarding employees, building teams, crafting culture. These vital systems are the lifeblood of every organization. That's why this episode of the HR Sound Off podcast show is brought to you by Process Street, the process platform of choice for HR teams around the world. 
Process Street is a no-code platform that lets you transform your most important HR processes into powerful workflows. Design beautiful employee onboarding experiences with extreme engagement that increase inclusion and reduce turnover. Sync tasks into Slack or Microsoft Teams, automate emails, handoffs, and so much more. Thousands of teams, large and small, trust Process Street to manage their most important people processes, like Salesforce, that use Process Street to onboard all the 3,000 Slack employees after the $27 billion acquisition. You can learn more and sign up for a free account at www.process.st. So tell us, what are you reading, watching, listening to right now that you think our audience would appreciate? Absolutely. So my very favorite podcast is Brown Table Talk. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if you're familiar with it. It's it's I'm produced not. through LinkedIn. Um, okay. And there are two co-hosts, Mita Malik and DC Marshall. Um, they spend a lot of time talking about the power of allyship. And mm-hmm. I think that is super important mm-hmm. because... You know, I'm a a strong proponent of diversity. Clearly, I've said that many times during this conversation. And so as I sit here as a white woman, it's hard for me to put myself in the shoes of people who come from different ethnic backgrounds. And so hearing from two experts like Mita and Dee, who, again, tackle the real challenges, they don't mince words, they just tell it as it is. And I, I, those podcasts, session podcast sessions just fly by because they're fantastic and um definitely recommend and you can find out about that on linkedin also um i've been listening to hbr's podcast women at work which i think is another really really great podcast Um, yeah yeah, definitely would recommend that to folks who haven't listened to that before as well Mm -hmm. thank you so much for sharing those resources and i will definitely include them in the comments in this episode as well. So tell us, what do you do for self-care? How do you, you're such a busy person, you are an (laughs) HR professional, and you are supporting HR professionals. So what do you do to take care of you? Yeah, that's a challenge for me. And it's something (laughs) that, you know, you have to make a, a conscious effort to do so. Um, you, you know, I, I try to carve out time on my calendar that is for me so that, I block it. It's inevitable that I override my own blockage. But, um, you know, I once a week, I try to spend at least two hours just reading something for my own personal growth. Mm -hmm. Uh, Once a week, I'll carve out time just to focus on me and whether that be meditation or going for a manicure or whatever it may be, just something for me. And I will say, um, besides running the business um, and and curating all the content for the community, I'm also a mom. I'm also the president of my son's PTA. So I have a full-time volunteer job as well. And, you know, to that point, you make time for the things that you want to. And so the fact that you brought up the self-help and, you know, I didn't always want to make that time for myself, but I have learned very much through other troop members that I've had conversations with. And we have this little text going back and forth and being like, what did you do this week to help yourself? Mm -hmm. And having that community to support you and remind you that 
if you're, and, and this I'm quoting from a friend of mine, her name is Lan Fan. She's the founder of Community of Seven, which is what I use for my professional development. Mm-hmm. If your cup isn't full, then you can't help other people you with can. their cup. You can. And so, um, you know, I, I try to remind myself of that all the time. Beautiful. I always say you can't fill from an empty cup. Yes. And but yeah, I, you I said really, it better. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I appreciate that you um, were so honest and open about not wanting to do it for yourself, because I think a lot of times we don't want to admit that we don't want to do it. <laughs> and so I, I really do appreciate you being so open about it. What is it? What is it? Do you think? Why do you think, Tracy? It is that we, as HR professionals, struggle so much with self care. You know, it's it's interesting. You you mentioned something earlier, and I'm going to make an analogy that draws back to the same profession. It's the same way doctors don't want to go to the doctor, mm. right? They you know, you're, you're out there treating other people, taking care of them. And so you forget to take care of yourselves or the cobbler who has holes in their shoes. And so I think the HR leader, um, so much of their role has been become about taking care of the people within an organization that they forget to do that piece for themselves. And I think, like you said, you know, at HR is, is it also one role that besides the regular day to day, Mm -hmm. there's fires that are coming up that you have to deal with. It's not consistent. There's a lot of unknowns and you have to be nimble and willing to jump into that. And so where are you going to find the extra time, but Mm -hmm. you take it away from yourself. And so I think it's, it's not easy. It's a work in progress. It's something that I'm constantly working on for myself because I know I share that with other people and Mm -hmm. I want to do as I say and and give that to myself as well. It really is a challenge. and, And I remember seeing a quote somewhere once that has stayed indelibly in my mind and it was practice what you preach or change your speech oh I like that one that's fantastic practice what you preach or change your speech speech. and so for me self-care is has become like super important for me because I'm teaching or I'm coaching and supporting HR professionals that don't know how to strike the balance that are struggling with burnout and repeating those cycles who are struggling with finding time to develop and grow themselves so for me if I can't take the time to do it for myself then how am I coaching of course people to do the same thing so for me it's something that I take very seriously and I am sure that it's something that you've had to grow into like I wasn't always taking care of myself just like you said you weren't always taking care of yourself but I love the way you described it as you know we're giving so much to other people. And the only way we could find the time to do that is by taking away more time from things that we could be doing for ourselves. Sure. And we are like the cobbler, the cobbler's children, <laughs> right? That's, yeah, yeah. We are the cobbler's children. <laughs> but that has to change. That has to change. Yes, we really need does. to change that. We really do. My last question to you. What is the biggest misconception about HR that really bothers you that you want to set the record straight on right here, right now? Yeah. So again, I I mentioned it a little earlier, but I want to emphasize it. Historically, HR has been known as compliance and and personnel. And 
the people leaders I know are here for the people and want to have a social impact on their companies, their organizations, and their people, and quite frankly, the role of HR. And yeah. I want to share with the world that you need to be open-minded. You need to know that these change makers are out there. And I know they extend beyond troop HR. Yes. Um, so, you know, again, I'll, I'll reiterate, the people leaders are here for the people. And uh, I think that that just needs to be understood. I love that. I'm going to take a moment to just give the audience <laughs> a moment to just reflect on what you've just said. Because I think a lot of times we, as HR ourselves, get it a little bit confused. There are some of us out there that believe we are just there to support the business. There are some of us out there that believe that we're just there to support the people um, or the employees on the ground. But at the end of the day, we are there for the people. Whether those people are in senior leadership or those people are the people on the ground doing the putting the work out, creating great customer experiences, getting the employee of the year awards and all those kind of things. <laughs> the point is it takes people to run the business. And no one better understands the people or should better understand the people than your HR teams whether it's at the senior level or on the ground, we should know everyone and we should support everyone. We're not going to always get the best outcome for everyone, but we're going to try to get some kind of happy medium. We're going to try to strike a balance, right? It is a delicate balancing act. And I think for the people who think that, you know, we're just there for the business, if that's been your experience, then I'm sorry that that was your experience. That sucks. Um, <laughs> and I know I've spoken to many people on this show alone who are HR adjacent now and part of the reason why they have decided to take on those these roles that they're in now is because of bad experiences they've had with HR so you know that really breaks my heart to know that these people have experienced such bad things but such good things have come out of them like books and technology and all kinds of things have come out of these these experiences but it's just sad that people have had to go through that and then to the people who are you know just thinking that they're just there to support the employees think about the reputation you're creating when you ask yourself why is it why is it that your key stakeholders don't value you or not bringing you to the table you know so you have to be able to strike the balance in order to get what you need to be the best HR professional you want to be. And I know you want to be the best. So you just got to find a way to strike the balance, you know? Absolutely. Absolutely. Always about the balance. Always about the balance. I know I said that was my last question to you, but <laughs> I do have two others. Please. So if you had to give advice to your younger self now entering the HR profession for the first time, what advice would you give yourself? I think I said it already, but take chances. Even if you fail, you will learn and live in the moment. You know, I, I think as a younger professional, I was always looking for the fast forward button. And, mm. you know, that anticipatory anxiety makes me want to see what's coming next. 
but it's living through it and that experience that gets you to that next stage. So live in the moment, take in the experiences and use it to push yourself forward in the future. I love that. That's great advice. Thank you for sharing that. Tell our wonderful audience who's listening to this show today where they can find you on social media. How can they get in contact with you if they want to learn more about Troop HR or they just want to learn more about you and get to know you? Absolutely. I am an avid LinkedIn user. Mm -hmm. And so you can find me on LinkedIn, Tracy Avin, T-R-A-C-Y-A-V-I-N. Shoot me a note there. Happy to connect with you. You can also reach out to me at Tracy at TroopHR.com. And I am very responsive on email. And, uh, you know, I, I extend it to, to you, as you know, and your audience, if there's anything that I can do to be a helpful resource or connector, you know, obviously my, my business is Troop HR, but my passion is people. And I'm always happy to help regardless of your involvement in, in the Troop HR community. Wow. Awesome. Thank you so much. What a great way to end our show today. Thank you for having me today. This is fun. You are so welcome, Tracy. I could talk to you for hours. I know, (laughs) but we'll we'll have more opportunities. My door is always open. The HR Sound Off podcast show is always happy to have you to have conversations about HR and all the wonderful things that Troop HR is doing. So Consider this your open door invitation. Thank you, Julie. Thank <laughs> you. Are you. Very and always, you're always welcome in the troop community as well. So uh, it, excited to continue this conversation and others with you in the future. Absolutely. Thank you. All right. Take care. Thank you for joining me for this episode of HR Sound Off. I hope that you found it useful. You can find this and all other episodes of HR Sound Off on all major podcast platforms. Spotify, Apple, Amazon, you name it, we're there. Remember, HR Sound Off is created by HR professionals for HR professionals. If you would like to share your story, then reach out to us and let us know. Make sure to hit the notification bell and subscribe to HR Sound Off on YouTube as well as Podbean. And we'll see you again when we next sound off.